Hey everybody, it's Sunday night, and that means it's time for another episode of Best Flicks. I just got done watching Judas and the Black Messiah, and I cannot wait to share it with you all. This is the new movie being offered from Warner Brothers, with the simultaneous the simultaneous theater release and coming out on HBO Max at the exact same time. So I've been talking about that pretty much every week on my podcast because I think it's a really interesting idea during these COVID times to try and help Warner Brothers keep some of their money while all the movie theaters and the other production companies are kind of floundering right now. So I watched Wonder Woman 1984. I didn't really think it was good enough to put in the podcast. I tried watching The Little Things last week didn't really jump on me but judas and the black messiah wow this has been electrifying i couldn't wait to sit down and open up my thoughts uh obviously not gonna hide it this one is going to be recommended uh it is rated r it's got some very difficult themes uh however i also think it's got some very important themes so i'm gonna go ahead and try and dive in on this uh, there are a couple of things, couple pieces of business that I want to get to first. You can find me on Twitter at BestFlixRickyD. I'm also part of the Twist My Arm podcast. You can find them at Twist My Arm Cast on Twitter. And I've also been part of the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch. We've been going and talking about Firefly. We've been watching week-by-week episodes and talking about it on Friday nights. We both do it live, and we release a <clears throat> audio version of our podcast so everybody can keep up either if you want to see our beautiful faces live or if you just want to listen to us while you're commuting, we make that available for you. We are at Sudden Butt on Twitter, or you can search for Sudden Butt Inevitable Rewatch on any of your favorite podcast players. So here we go on Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm going to try and avoid any major spoilers. I know last week on An American Pickle, I kind of went scene by scene and I unveiled a lot of spoilers, but that was a movie that was over a year old. This movie having just come out this weekend, a lot of people haven't seen it, so I'm going to try. It's hard to do a podcast without hitting any spoilers. But I'm going to try and focus on some of the stuff that was hit in the trailer and talk about just some of the stuff that isn't quite, you know, I'm going to try and avoid spoilers for you guys. Uh, I think it's also worth noting that as of Sunday evening, with over 200 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie is sitting at 97%. That's very difficult to do. So with all of that said... Since we're not going to be getting into some of these scenes, we might have a little bit shorter of a Best Flicks podcast this week, but that's okay. Uh, I've got a lot of plans for Best Flicks with Ricky D. Uh, What you're hearing tonight, what you're hearing next week, might not be what you're hearing in a month or two from now. Uh, We're going to be changing up the podcast. I mean, this is only my third episode, so it totally makes sense that things are going to change. But... uh, We're going to be coming at you a little bit faster, a little bit harder, a little bit younger. This isn't going to be your daddy's best flicks. You know, this is the younger, newer version. So, that said, Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, I first want to hit on the director and some of the main actors. 
This is Shaka King's movie before Judas and the Black Messiah. It looks like he was mostly doing TV shows. So it's kind of interesting that he came so far out of left field. Uh, the only movie that I'm seeing that I've heard of and have not seen is Newlyweds. So fairly unknown director in my head, but still killing it in this. Now, the first build actor is Daniel Kaluuya. He plays Fred Hampton. This is the actor that is the head of the Chicago Black Panther Union. Uh, you may know him from Get Out. He was also in Black Mirror. He was in that episode 15 Million Merits. Uh, he had to uh, ride that bike and or that weird exercise bike and he had to earn 15 million merits and that way he could like earn his own freedom it was a really interesting episode the way all black mirror interesting all black mirror episodes are very interesting uh but i remember him having a very very heavy british accent in that episode and uh in this movie where he's the head of the black panthers he's very clearly missing out on that accent the second build actor in the movie is Lakeith Stanfeld. He plays William O'Neill. Uh, I know him best from Atlanta. If you aren't watching Atlanta, turn on Hulu right now and watch Atlanta. And also, hashtag Childish Gambino, hashtag Don, Donald Glover, hashtag Where's My Season 3 of Atlanta. Uh, I guess I'll take this moment to take an aside and tell you guys... Atlanta, one of my favorite TV shows, uh, produced on FX, the channel FX, and it's about a rapper trying to, uh, I guess, get his gains, become famous, and the reality versus the surreality versus being a black man in Atlanta just leads to some great comedy, some great tragedy, and I can't I can't recommend Atlanta enough. So, Lakeith Stan Stanfield is on Atlanta. He was also on Knives Out and Get Out with Daniel Kaluuya. So, they are former actors that have worked together, getting back together for this movie. And the final person that I wanted to highlight from the... And though he may be second build, I would argue that Lakeith Stanfield has the most important role in this movie. So here's where I'm going to get into some spoilers, but it's something that you... It happens at the beginning of the movie, and you're going to know about it anyways. So Lakeith Stanfield, his character William O'Neill, ends up going into a bar with a bunch of Black Panthers in it, and he steals their car. He ends up getting in trouble with the law from this, and uh, one of the other main characters, Roy Mitchell, played by Jesse Plemons, I'll get into that in a minute, uh, goes to arrest him, uh, this Roy Mitchell is part of the FBI and they hold it over his head that he was stealing a car and he was also uh, <clears throat> impersonating an FBI agent. So with all of this held over his head, they get William O'Neill to basically spy on the Black Panther movement. They are getting inside information so that they can tell what the Black Panthers are going to do, and the Black Panthers are basically being treated as a terrorist organization. So, 
this is the crux of the film. Lakeith Stanfield, William O'Neill, pardon my going back and forth on these names, uh, it's, it's going to be confusing. Uh, he has to stay a member of these Black Panther parties, which is very near and dear to his heart. He he believes in the movement. He he sees his brothers and sisters dying in the streets. But at the same time, he has to feed information to the FBI, or else it will be him that's in jail. And you have to look out for number one, right? So that's kind of where the conflict of the movie comes in. And it's really interesting, and it's a very, very charged dynamic. Obviously, uh, this, uh, the rights of our African-American brothers and sisters versus being, being treated like second-class citizens by police officers or by pigs, as they're referred to constantly in the movie, is not something that has gone away. Uh, it may have been swept under the rug for a decade or two, but in 2021, this is something that's really at the forefront of political discussion. So it was important in the 1960s. It was important in the 1850s. It's important in the 21st century. Uh, it, it's not an issue that's gone away, and I think it's extremely timely that this movie has come out and we're dealing with these issues and also a very interesting way to do it through the the hypocritical eyes of this character William O'Neill and forgive me when I say hypocritical he's been forced into this hypocritical position uh, but that's the way that we do see it through him so the last character I'm going to introduce is Roy Mitchell who I mentioned he's the FBI he's the real FBI person uh, FBI officer. They're officers. They're not just persons. Uh, and he is played by Jesse Plemons. We might know Jesse Plemons, also from Black Mirror. Uh, he played the episode of Black Mirror where it was kind of Star Trekky. It was that weird dystopian Star Trek where they were stuck on the ship. And I can't remember the entire oeuvre of that episode, but. I think they were trapped there because somebody was playing with them. Maybe an alien race was forcing them to be there. I'm not sure. But yeah, Jesse Plemons, Jesse Plemons was the captain of the Star Trek Black Mirror episode. We also know Jesse Plemons from Breaking Bad. I hope we've all seen Breaking Bad. But Jesse Plemons was the redheaded guy that came in to replace Jesse Pinkman and be Walt's assistant when Jesse became a little bit too much of a liability for the gang that Walt was producing for. Now that I've introduced some of the main characters, I want to discuss a couple of the more important scenes in the movie. So, uh, as we see in the trailer, there is one point, I'll let you know, it's right after Daniel Kaluuya's character, Fred, gets out of jail and he comes back to the Black Panther Union. Uh, <laughs> I keep saying Union. It's the Black Panther Party. Pardon me. Uh, <laughs> it's the Black Panther Party, and it's the Chicago chapter, and that's pretty much what he's in charge of. And now that he's out of prison, 
he got sent to prison uh, for stealing ice cream. Uh, there was a point in the movie where one, some of the FBI agents are just like, we got to get this guy in jail. We got to get him off the streets. He's making this terrorist organization. I say that with finger quotes. He's making them too, too powerful and too dangerous. So they have to get him off the streets, which I got to say is better than assassinating him, which is how we handle some minority leaders. So he gets charged with ice cream theft. He goes to jail. He comes out of jail and we're having this freedom rally. Uh, <clears throat> this is the point where we have William and Fred back in the same room and Fred's giving his speech. William is standing guard up front. And we also have Roy Mitchell, the cop, in the audience staring William down uh, and just letting him know, hey, I see you. I see you in this crowd, you know, leading this chant. And even though you're feeding me information, I don't quite trust you. So I know you're an FBI informant. I know you're feeding me to keep yourself safe. But I also see you driving for the Black Panther Party. I see you pushing for them. So it's kind of this moment of fear for William O'Neill, where he's like, man, this guy, I'm giving him everything he wants, but he's still trying to get me. Uh, so in the trailer, you hear uh, a lot of uh, some, some charged speeches. Uh, there's a lot of chanting of, I am a revolutionary. I am a revolutionary. And you can murder a revolutionary, but you can't murder a revolution. You can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder freedom. And those kind of themes are really intense through this entire movie. Uh, those speeches are always going on, whether there's somebody actually giving a speech to a crowd or there could be the main character Fred just listening to a speech on the radio and he's repeating it to himself and he's trying to prepare for it these these themes of we the people will not be oppressed you can take down one of us but somebody's going to get back up into this is going to take this position we are the ones in charge and it's really intense and it's uh, what did I write down? I've got a little note somewhere. Uh, it's very inspiring, but it's definitely not heartwarming. It leaves you a little bit sad inside knowing that they're willing to die. <laughs> Most of them are, I guess. Uh, William's not, but they're willing to die because they know it's the right cause. So, I'm going to step back and go into another scene. Uh, you see the cops doing a shootout with the Black Panthers at one point during the trailer. Uh, this was another really good scene. It was a very quick scene. You think if there's going to be a shootout with the cops, it's going to be maybe a five to eight minute action scene. But I would say this took less than 90 seconds from the first shot, from the first to the last shot. But right before the scene, right before the real action starts, there's a whole bunch of cops hanging out in the middle of the uh, black part of town. And they're just sitting there. They're just talking crap on their radio. They're, they've got the 
their car radio on that mode where they can just talk to the entire neighborhood is just blaring out of the speakers i guess the pa function uh and they're just saying hey if you don't like the pigs being here you can thank the black panther party if you don't want pigs around thank the black panther party there's increased presence because of them you know and they're just talking all kinds of trash and at one point the cops see the pigs that's what that's the uh, verbiage used in the movie so i'm going to continue it the pigs see some of the Black Panther party with a gun inside of the building. So that instigates the police, the pigs, to draw on the building. And there's there's an altercation. And at this point, uh, William O'Neill, who is an FBI informant, is inside the Black Panther party house right before all of the shooting starts. So... He knows the cops are going to shoot. He knows the Black Panthers aren't going to stand down. And he knows his his cheating, lying, and forming ways aren't going to go over well with either one of those groups. So he decides to run away to the roof. He's going to pretend to be... He's pretending to cover the roof instead of hanging out and fighting alongside the party. Uh, and we see him go up on the roof... And when they see him on the roof, they think he's a sniper, and that's when all of the action starts. And a few moments later, we see him running out the back of the building. He's tossing his shotgun into the back of a car. And even though he's kind of the dirtbag of the story, I felt a little bit bad for him. He doesn't want... He never intended to kill anybody. He... He got involved in all of this just because he stole a car like that's not cool but it also doesn't mean that you want to be shoved into the head of the black panther party well he's not the head but he's a high-ranking member it doesn't mean that you want to be an informant for the fbi he's just the way he walks out of the back of this house and he throws his shotgun into the back of the car and he's just running away from all this violence and all of this fighting and all these people just trying to get what they deserve. I kind of understood it. He didn't want to be a part of it. So I thought that was, I would call it my most important shot of the show. It really summed up the entire thing, the way he was dragged, the way William was dragged into everything. It was just really important. So I think that covers about what I can talk about from the trailer. Uh, I should also uh, mention that I have a bad habit of any time I see a movie where there's somebody being an FBI informant or a rat, I think, oh, this is going to be kind of like The Departed, which is not a bad thing. I love The Departed. I watched Gangs in New York this week, and I described it to a friend who hadn't seen the movie as, it's The Departed circa 1800. And it very much is. But this movie is not The Departed. There's really nothing that puts it in that same genre at all. So I just wanted to get that across. Uh, I, <clears throat> uh, I've also done a lot of talking about the Black Panther Party. And they are important in this movie. But near the last third or so, the Black Panther Party, uh, led by Fred 
led by the first person I mentioned in my character breakdown, he is starting the Rainbow Coalition. That means he's getting together with not only the Black Panther Party, but there is a Puerto Rican political party who want to be treated like first-class citizens as well. And there are also some poor white people who are also living in inner-city Chicago, who are also living in Birmingham, Alabama, who are also living in some of the you know, crappier parts of the United States who are getting trashed on. It's not just a race issue, it's a socioeconomic issue, and they're all banding together to try and make something better. And when it's just the Black Panther Party, it's easier for the pigs and the politicians to just point a finger of blame. But when it's a rainbow coalition of black people, of white people, of brown people, of yellow people, that makes them that much more powerful and it brings a lot more unity. So I did want to touch on the Rainbow Coalition, and I just want to say this movie, very important. It's got excellent timing, because I don't care how hard you're trying to shove your head into the ground, this is a topic that we're all very aware of right now, and you can put yourself on either side of the argument, you can try and straddle the middle if you'd like, but it's something that's in the ether. And I think this movie did a really good job of talking about uh, systemic racism and how what's happening today in 2021 was affected by what was going on in the 1960s. And what happened in the 1960s was affected by what went on in the late 1800s. And it just keeps on going back. And if we can't, if we can't recognize the sins of our past, then how do we truly make good the the world of today? And if we can't do that, then how then what come what should come of tomorrow? So amazing messages, really important movie, highly recommended. You've got one month on HBO Max to get this in. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be taken off the shelf. And it's going to just kind of revolve around until it gets another normal release the way other movies do. So get your viewings in, people. This is Ricky D. This has been Best Flicks. And I thank you all very much for coming with me.